This episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast was brought to you by Private Label Skincare, handcrafted natural skincare products for busy beauty entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to the Beauty Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reid. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauté Industry. Hello, Beauté community. In the recent speak and movement of self-care during testing times and the power of the hair and beauty industry coming together, I couldn't think of a better conversation to share with you all today other than the one I had with the lovely Louise Bryant, the CEO of newly launched hair care range Blondie Beach. Louise's career began first in print media at none other than Vogue Australia and branched out into hair care after long days at the beach resulting in dry, damaged hair from the sun, salt and chlorine effects, showing you that pivoting and stepping outside of your comfort zone and into uncharted waters can often lead us to finding a passion we perhaps never realised was within us to begin with. The startup story of how Louise created and formulated the range is nothing short of a homegrown inspiration, which is real and relatable for so many of us when we sense a brand creation could be on the horizon while too exploring the roadblocks that can be faced along the way. You'll hear today that the Blondie Beach products are formulated using plant-based ingredients, are free from parabens and sulfates, and also too is vegan-friendly and not tested on animals, which form the basis of their hair care range, something I know so many of you are passionate about when it comes to skincare too. I loved Louise's story and I hope you do too. Here is Louise Bryant and I for Beauté Industry. Tamara, thank you for having me today. Thank it's lovely you to so much. catch up. Likewise, it's so lovely to um, be able to connect with you because you're you're creating massive waves in the hair and beauty industry at the moment, and I'm so thrilled to be able to speak with you. Um, we ask all of our guests at the very beginning of our podcast when and why and how they entered into the roles that they're in today. So if we could start there, that would be amazing. Yeah, so I, um, I that's right. I I have found. Uh, formulated a um, hair product, but um, I work full time. Um, I work um, currently. I'm managing editor at Vogue, uh, and um, it's an immensely rewarding job. I am um, very lucky to work with an incredible um, group of um, talented people who um, you know I learn from every day. Um, but in my spare time, I <laughs> work um, also on my um, hair product, which is um, Blonde Eye Beach, and it's formulated. Uh, here in Bondi uh, and um, it's certainly not an over- overnight success story <laughs> and it's, it may not even be a success but certainly um, it's been a yeah, very rewarding um, uh, experience. Amazing. Yeah. I love when people say in their spare time because no one has spare time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, work-life balance is a myth perhaps. But, um, but no, I mean, I think, you know, I find the weekends are very much dedicated to working on my product and um, it's, um, you know, you really have to be, I guess, a little bit organised with your time. But 
um, it is, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's great fun. I mean, I think, you know, I, if I wasn't doing the hair product, I would be doing something else, whether it's studying or, um, you know, doing another. I think it's important to have, you know, very, you know, different interests outside of work, no matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's very true, actually. My um, my husband and I, we often take the boat out. We're up in Queensland and we'll go out fishing at, you know, silly o'clock in the morning. We'll spend the whole day there and go swimming. And it's such a different environment to what I'm doing all day, you know, podcasting and connecting with business owners. And I really like mm. that kind of contrast between the two because mm. that does mm. feel like life and this very much feels like business. So sometimes when you've got that passion externally, it just kind yes. of opens up your whole peripheral, doesn't it? It certainly does. And, um, yeah, I think you kind of, it's important to expand on um, all different aspects. I mean, there's, there's uh, you know, so many, you know, interesting opportunities um, everywhere. So it's good to explore those definitely. Yeah, amazing. And so coming from um, editor at Magazine, where was the branch and connection into hair care? Um, well, the brand um, or the idea um, eventuated um, a, 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 um, before my time at Vogue. So I was working, um, uh, I've always worked in media, um, but I, I had always, you know, just been obsessed by hair products. And um, I, I have, uh, not only do I have, uh, you know, coloured bleached hair, blonde hair, um, I swim at the beach every day and um, I do, I found that I was just, constantly getting dry damaged hair I've had um, hair breakage in the past and I I just felt that I needed to find something that would really protect hair from salt and chlorine effects and I couldn't really find any, anything that was suitable um, but in the meantime my local hairdresser had had a product that his um, father had formulated many years ago and he asked me to help him you know just from a PR point of view and um, when I looked into it further I just sort of wasn't convinced or that happy with the actual formulation and I didn't particularly like the packaging, which I was very upfront with him about. Um, and so that sort of set me off on a path of exploring how would you, you know, formulate or create a, a hair product. And that's when I discovered that you can either go private label or white label. Um, and I'm sure your listeners would be familiar with the two. Um, and I just thought if I really needed if I was really going to do something, I wanted to do it properly and I decided that um, I wanted to formulate the product myself and so that then um, I guess I just became <laughs> um, absolutely fascinated by um, ingredients and formulations and, um, you know, what are safe chemicals. Um, not all chemicals are bad um, but equally I wanted to make um, what is now becoming a more sort of common turn of phrase but a very much a clean beauty product so wherever possible I wanted to use um, safer alternatives and um, I know we're all familiar with you know silicons and sulfates and pegs and all these sort of bad words but um, really what 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 would you know what what function did they have in a hair product were they really bad um, what are what are some better alternatives um, and so I yeah I've spent a lot of time uh, researching <laughs> ingredients because my background is not, I'm not a scientist or a chemist formulator, certainly, but yeah, yeah. all self-taught. <laughs> Amazing. I never actually realized the kind of effect of the PEGs and the silicones and bits and pieces like that until once I was actually at my hairdresser and she got a sharp end razor blade and she oh started almost, yeah, like it was very, um, 
how can I explain this without showing people? It was, you know, sliding it along the hair almost. And she or creating showed, a plastic film. Yes, yeah. that's it. She showed mm. me the razor blade and it was all full of this white stuff. And she said, Tamara, that's goodness. the build up from your product. And I was like, mm. oh my goodness. And that to me just made so much more sense that, okay, you need to be using things that your hair likes. And it's so silly to mm. come from somebody in the skincare industry when we talk about this all day, every day, but then, you know, you kind of just dismiss another part of your body, uh, which yeah. is so crazy. Yeah, that's that's right. And, and I think, you know, um, again, um, you know, I think, tr- you know, you, can, you should really treat your hair like you would treat your your face. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on our, you know, facial products and, um, I guess scrutinizing the ingredients that we use on our face. So why wouldn't you do the same for your for your hair products? And um, you know, we we live in this like live in Australia. We have beautiful, you know, we have beautiful native botanicals that are so um, beneficial. But we also have um, access to some really beautiful ingredients that we can use for our hair, which um, we're very fortunate. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what did the timing look like and that process look like for you from deciding, okay, here's a great product and concept, but it's not quite what I want it to be. I could do it a little bit differently to actually going ahead and creating something. And what was the very first thing you did? Um, well, the first thing I did, um, I stumbled across a um, cosmetic manufacturer that were based in Sydney. It took me a while to find the right um, supplier and manufacturer and um, once that happened um, I was then sort of I had access to um, I had an ac- uh, sorry access to um, a you know brand manager who was on hand to provide and steer me in the right direction because there's so many different facets to um, you know creating a hair product um, and at that point I decided just to focus on um, the hair oil which is a protective um, hair oil to protect against salt and chlorine effects um it's multi-use so you can use it you can also use it on your skin um but I decided to sort of focus on that one particular product to start with because um hair oils were starting to gain um a bit more sort of interest I suppose Mm. um and I personally found it incredibly beneficial um and I sample you know I sort of wanted to ensure it's on the right path so you know friends and family got involved and um and and also I mean um because I'm not you know I'm not a I'm not a chemist um or a chemist formulator um it was important that I um had access to a, um, an expert in that area so um uh, you know I, I sort of came armed with you know questions and um I, I just you know really had to ask lots of for lots of advice and that I'm not you know usually you know no one wants to ask for help but <laughs> you have to sort of uh, you know that's an important that was an important aspect to starting the brand and building it up after the break Louise and I talk about hair repair the criticism and self-doubt that comes along with running a business but first a word from today's beauty partner Friend and feature of the podcast, Karina Khan of Private Label Skincare is currently helping aspiring beauty entrepreneurs start their own professional, natural and vegan skincare range for only $500. Yes, that's right. For this small investment, you'll get everything you need for your very own skincare brand to get off the ground with products that are ready to sell in just two weeks. Included in this incredible deal are 30 retail size products that have been formulated and tested by Karina, the founder and qualified cosmetic chemist behind Private Label Skincare, 
two online courses that have been written specifically to support skincare business owners, label templates and printing, a training manual and free postage and handling within Australia. There's never been a better time to make use of your downtime, get creative and start building the business and brand that you have always dreamed of. This offer will only run until Tuesday 29th of April 2020, so if you're looking for an affordable, quick and easy way to start your own skincare range, then you best not miss out. Visit www.privatelabelskincare.com.au for more information. And now back to Louise. Yeah, I think sometimes when you're not in it and you're the consumer, you actually ask questions that perhaps people who are in it wouldn't have thought of you know it's mm-hmm. like people don't know what they don't know but when you're external yeah. you you have a completely different insight into what you're looking into so you being yeah. just you know the native consumer going well how does this feel and why doesn't this wash out properly or you know how, what yeah. is this texture and tone then the chemist yes. is going oh okay well you know but whereas if they had somebody who was already hair in the hair industry they may not have asked those same questions so I actually like that yeah. bit of consumer naivety going into the product oh, development definitely. line yeah, no, definitely. And I certainly approach this um, with that in mind, exactly. And, um, you know, I would, you know, I sort of essentially was customer number one. And um, someone had once said to me, you know, you don't have to be first at creating this particular product, you just have to be better. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure there, are, of course, there are better products out there, um, wherever you go, but there's always something that might appeal to, you know, a, a customer who needs something to protect their hair from salt damage and so on yeah absolutely and so I'm wondering then you know being in the role that you get and you've got so many different products to try and brands that are already out there were you ever afraid of the criticism that the industry Mm. might you know have on you or that pressure oh definitely I mean I think um it wasn't so much from from the industry at all it was more my own personal sort of I mean if I'm sure you've had this a lot, but the imposter syndrome, and you know, I'm, you know, immediately you do have those um, moments of self-doubt and fear of failure, and um, this is not going to work. But I think I was so lucky to um, I had uh, some really great um, mentors and people that were so supportive, and um, you know, I think it's really important when you're starting off um, is just never to give up because um, if you do, then you know, you kind of ultimately, <laughs> you know, will fail. But I think, you know, you just, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think um, people were extremely supportive. It was just really um, a matter of um, pushing through, um, uh, you know, some of those barriers <laughs> yeah. to um, get through. So, yeah. For sure. And sometimes yeah. the product just speaks for itself, you know. You don't even have to have a huge brand or, you know, a huge influence or presence in an industry. If you show somebody the product, they just fall in love with it and all of a sudden it becomes a no-brainer that they're going to use it. Um, You talk a lot about, you know, the Blondi Beach having this kind of restoration, repair and strengthening modality about it. How does it do that? I'm curious. Well, um, well, if we look at the hair rescue oil, um, one of the, I mean, that is is purely a natural, um, it's natural ingredients. There's no synthetics. and um, I really wanted to focus on um, the moringa oil, the prickly pear, 
um, the rosemary uh, and uh, some of the other ingredients, which are really um, each of each of them are high in um, vitamins um, A and C, um, which are incredibly um, beneficial to repair and restore damaged hair. Um, I um, when I I find I do find that um, my head it does generate growth, but I know we're not allowed to sort of say that necessarily. Mm. But because of the rosemary oil, um, certainly it, it um, there's no doubt that it it does you know help um, encourage growth, which is great. Um, okay. And yeah, and I use it. I'm, I and friends have used it, and certainly I've used it on my you know eyebrows and eyelashes, and I find it really makes a big difference as well. So just to strengthen and rejuvenate. So, Amazing. Yeah. Well, even I'm now kind of taking my my skincare and cellular knowledge and I'm kind of transferring it into hair as you were speaking there. And we know, mm. you know, we use these same ingredients in skincare, moringa oil, prickly pear, you know, rosemary, mm. and we would use those for strengthening the antioxidant quality, the vitamin mm-hmm. C content, it's natural, mm. but also too, it is a little bit stimulating. So when you say about that mm. hair growth, it does make a lot of sense to me um, that mm. that could possibly happen. Yeah, well, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a really, I think, you know, to, to be able to use, you know, these natural ingredients um, in that way um, is, I think, hugely beneficial. Um, it's great for scalp, um, dry scalp as well, you know, people suffer from dry scalp and um, it, it's, yeah, really beneficial for that. Yeah. yeah, I actually had an event um, the other day and we were talking about this in our Facebook group, but I um, was at the Portsy Polo down in Melbourne and I had a middle mm. part in my hair mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it got burned because I wasn't oh. wearing a hat. And um, yeah. so maybe that's mm-hmm. your next product, an SBF for yes. the hair, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, that's, that's I'll get on to that. I think it's, I'm really interested in that space. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, and, and my scalp went all flaky and I was saying to oh. my friends, you know, what can I put on it? There's, there's, you know, there's almost this gap in the market, but this mm. oil sounds divine if you can kind mm. of just treat the scalp area when it is a little bit flaky yeah. or even for dermatitis yeah. and, and kind of um, psoriasis clients as well. Yes, yes. Well, um, I mean, I think that's where, um, I mean, there's other ingredients like glycerin and kakadu plum and, and it, it sort of there are claims that it does benefit um, psoriasis and so on. But, um, yeah, I mean, those they are, you know, again, highly beneficial vitamin. It, um, the hair rescue oil does contain vitamin E as well, which is um, which I love using because it is, um, has those lovely moisturising qualities, which is great. Yeah. Gorgeous. And so were there any points along development, branding, launching? I mean, there's so much, you know, as you said earlier, it's not an overnight success. It looks like we've got a beautiful Instagram page and all of a sudden we're shipping out products everywhere, but there's so much in the background that's happening. Were there any of the tasks that just felt too daunting and you just thought, I'm just going to give it up. It's just not worth my time. (laughs) Um, well, yes, yes and no. I mean, I think um, one of the exciting parts about building your own brand and building your own product and um, back to why I wanted to formulate it from scratch is because I really, um, I knew it was going to be hard and there were going to be points along the way that um, I'd come, across, come up against barriers and so on. But in all honesty, it actually just spurs you on to keep going. Um, and look, there have been times where I've just thought, I really don't know how to do this. And I don't have time and I I um I just know that 
um, I'm not really, I'm not the expert here, so I'm going to hand it over to someone to help me with that. Um, and certainly from a um, chemist, um, as I mentioned earlier, um, I do, um, I, I don't, I mean, I formulate it at home. <laughs> um, it does look a little bit like Breaking Bad, but um, <laughs> that's just to really develop the, the product um, sample. And then I, that's obviously when I go to the chemist formulator and, and the manufacturer to say, does this work? Is it really, does it say, is it really what I want it to do? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, look, I think um, you just have to keep keep going. You have to keep pushing forward. And I have so much more that I want to do. I'm, I'm really only kind of very early stages. I feel I've got, you know, four other products that I want to get out this year. And, um, but again, I, I, you know, it's that time of, I, you know, um, finding the time to do that um, is uh is it is a big challenge but you know it's okay we just <laughs> we you know, just take it, it day to day yeah <laughs> it sounds like you really you really th- thrive off you know kind of finding your passion and and making it come to work and actually seeing it in fruition it's such a beautiful notion to understand the story behind the brand sometimes you know I think we see brands and we see that they are very Instagrammable or that they've got these beautiful packages but I actually quite like finding out the person behind the brand so it's actually lovely to chat with you. Oh, thanks. Thank you, Tamara. I really appreciate um, the opportunity to talk to you. And, um, you know, it's, it's um, yeah, I watch this space. I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd love to share more as the story continues, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to ask you one more question. You mentioned sure. all products there. What can we mm. expect in 2020? You seem like you're not somebody who sits on things and waits too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I one thing, um, you know, I really will um i'd love to start with my um launching a shampoo and conditioner um which of course the shampoo will be sulfate free and this conditioner will be uh using a naturally derived silicon um i also have a hair mask um that i'm planning to um uh, roll out and um a hair serum which i am currently working on and i um hope to have that sort of finessed and ready to go which i um it it'll sort of protect from heat damage and um kind of be again a bit more multi-use um and yeah again using naturally derived silicons not um (laughs) i'm trying to avoid at the moment trying to avoid sort of those heavy heavy silicon products yeah ingredients Gorgeous. Louise, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, all things Blondie Beach Hair Care today. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you, Tamara. Thank you for having me. Louise's story has taught me that sometimes the best ideas come from the most humble beginnings, such as simply having a problem of your own and wanting to solve it. I always forget about how similar all industries are until I speak with people like Louise and find out that they too have startup worries and face many moments of self-doubt and triumph along the way, showing us that even if you think your career is sorted and most comfortable, that there's no time like the present to pivot. I'll be going and spending a little time giving back to my hair after this episode wraps up with a little wash followed by a nourishing oil and scalp treatment to practice some self-care of my own. As always, if you have loved today's episode, Louise and I would love to hear about it. So feel free to tag at Blondie Beach Hair and at Beauty Industry and even myself at Tamara Shaw Reed so that we can see all of the fabulous ways that you guys are listening to today's conversation. That might even include having your hair up in a little hair mask too. 
while you're on your phone and in the podcast app, well, you may as well leave us a little review on your thoughts about the podcast and subscribe to so that you can spread the word of your community and collaboration to the industry at large, or even join the Beauty Industry Facebook community to stay up with the latest across the professional beauty industry. Until next time, stay connected.